Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Welcome in, everybody, to the OBR Newswire podcast. This is your Monday edition after draft weekend. It is an exciting weekend for the Browns, adding a ton of new talent to their roster. And we're going to talk all about that today. I'm your host, Jake Burns, obviously uh, our our film analyst at the OBR, host of this daily podcast that I hope you guys are starting to warm up to the format of. It's different. It's shorter. We want to give you an idea of what's on the website, what our folks writing and covering this team are doing every day. And I hope we are providing that for you with different angles, different team members every day. And I think it gives our our site experts a lot to talk about and gives you a good perspective of what's coming up on the site. If you have not been to the site and checked out what we have, if you you know, it kind of would be crazy if you listen to this podcast every day. But for those of you who are new, um, over at the OBR, we've had great draft coverage there every day. Fred Greetham has done a fantastic job covering the press conferences, the player introductions, all the above. He is uh, he's, he's one of the hardest working beat guys in the industry in Cleveland. Just quiet guy who goes about his job and does well. His, all his coverage is up there for you, introducing every player, giving you quotes from um, you know the scouts, from Andrew Barry, from Kevin Stefanski, from Joe Woods, all of the coaching staff talking about these players. He's got you covered. Check that stuff out. Myself, I put up a Jedrick Wills film room in a uh, that was free to the public as sort of a tease for what we do in these film rooms. Hopefully you have had a chance to read that. And then we also had one go up today for myself on Grant Delpit. Tons of great stuff. I watched as much of Delpit's last two years as I could possibly consume from an all-22 angle, uh, about 12 games. And I hope you guys do enjoy what we learned about him. I wrote about what he does well, and then I also tried to cross over into his big issue of tackling and whether that issue is ultimately fixable, which we will talk about with our guest here in a little bit. It's a big topic for Grant Delpit, and it will ultimately be, in my opinion, what swings his career from an average guy who could possibly flame out to being a Pro Bowl potential all-pro type of player if he figures this out at a consistent level. We will have a Jordan Elliott film room coming up this week. Um, from from All 22 Chalk Talk, which is John Stephenson. He will have that. Um, I'll also have John on our OBR film breakdown talking in depth about these prospects we've studied. Also to come this week will be Harrison Bryant. We will have his tight end film up, which is a ton of fun for the Mackey winner. And then we'll also get to Patrick Queen, hopefully this – or Patrick Queen, that's not who they drafted. Take that back. We were talking about that before. We'll get to Jacob Phillips, who they ultimately drafted, and some of our points on him, which should be fun. So we have so much to cover, so little time. I'm going to start this off with a little bit of an announcement. Um, You guys who have been, this is the Cleveland fan base is crazy about the draft. It is no secret they made a freaking movie, a terrible movie, but a movie nonetheless about this. And you know, when your team loses for so long, you have people who are just constantly looking forward to how the team improves. Stephen Thomas is going to join me here in a minute. He's fantastic at what he does. He decided to start. Daily Browns Mock Twitter account where he posts mock drafts all the time, every day. He posts them every day for people to see, talk about, see prospects, learn something. And he's found out that the discourse on this thing is so fantastic, hearing from so many different people um, every day can sometimes be good, can be crazy, can sometimes be um, 
I guess I should say it can be bad, can be crazy with some of the mentions and all of that stuff, but can also be good to drive conversation. And he teaches more people than he thinks he does and does a fantastic job. I've been pushing for him to join me wherever I've been. We've, uh, we've, we've kind of danced around the idea of him being able to join myself in a variety of different ways. And, and with me entrenched here at the OBR and for the long haul, I talked to our people at the OBR and they couldn't be happier to have him. He's going to be a draft analyst for us. He's going to do weekly articles. He's going to do his mock drafts, all the stuff you love. And he's going to put them up there with the OBR as we form this, this dynamic site. So I'm really happy to have Steven join us today. And I'm even happier to have him joining us as a member of the OBR staff. So I couldn't be happier. Steven, how are you, buddy? Uh, I am uh, thrilled. Thank you uh, for that uh, wildly over over zealous introduction uh, of my abilities, but I appreciate it. And uh, I couldn't be happier to be joining the OBR. I love the way you guys have done stuff. I like the integrity with which uh, you all handle not only the business, but your your personal lives and everything else. And, and uh, to, to be honest, I was shocked when you, uh, the offer came. Uh, I, you know, I, I run this Twitter account for my own silly self-gratification, and I daily can't believe that anybody gives a crap what I have to say, but uh, apparently a lot of people do, and to be able to put it on a place uh, like the OBR is uh, pretty amazing. It's pretty humbling. I'm thrilled to be part of the action. Look, I, I, I'm probably, I probably shouldn't admit this because it doesn't help people's perception of me, but I can't tell you how many times that I've had you on for a mock draft or we've had conversations or I've looked at your mock and I've been like, I don't know who the hell that guy is. And you know, and you study these guys and you're a day three guru, man. And, and I've been saying this for the, the two to three years. I don't even know. I think it's been three years now that we've come to know each other. You're way better at this than you give yourself credit for. I couldn't be more thrilled. I know our, our staff and Barry and Lane and everybody couldn't be more thrilled to have you on. Going to be doing a ton of draft stuff with Sobo, which is exciting. And I think we're going to be a go-to place for people um, in this different side of the Browns, too, which is exciting for me because we have people that cover them really well, and we have film rooms that are really unique and creative, and we're going to get even more creative with the draft, and, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty pumped, buddy. So let's let, – listen, I've got four questions for every OBR staff member, and you are hitting leadoff. You are the uh, – Oh, jeez. The Kenny Lofton of, of this, this segment we're starting this week. You got speed, you, you know, the ability to, to lay down a nice bunt on occasion, a uh, great center fielder with range. I was just watching the 07 Indians-Yankees midges game that got to Jabba Chamberlain. That's where we're at, desperate times on TV. And uh, Kenny was still playing with him. We came back in 07, so it sparked a memory. But anyway, let's start this thing well, off, man. Unless you have some fun Indians anecdote, hit me with that. Let me let me just say, well, yeah, I'm. I, I remember when you could literally walk up five minutes before the game at Municipal Stadium and buy box seats. You know, everybody got a foul ball in the old days. That you know, that when you would turn on the games on UAB and you could hear each individual fan heckle. Those are my Indians memories growing up. So, so you young guys who grew up during the winning, I envy you in that way. But uh, let me just say this: if I'm hitting leadoff. I hope our pitcher's arm is loose because uh, there's going to be one out here really soon. <laughs> Listen, the, the thing I was – and this is a side anecdote before we get to the draft stuff is, – is I was thinking about this topic, you know, your, your, your childhood recollection of Cleveland sports. And, like, I was born in 89. There's a joke there I'm sure you're going to say. But anyway, I was born Good in 89. God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and so when I come into, like, a sports understanding that I love it by the time I'm in kindergarten, the Browns leave. I have very few memories of the Browns on TV um, before, obviously, they come back in 99. And my dad's telling me stories, and he's got this Eric Metcalf jersey, and, like, they, they left. And I just have one random memory of the Jets playoff game. Um, 
no, sorry, the Patriots playoff game, and and that's kind of like all I have. And you know, you're watching like tonight, the 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 last dance is on in the '89 game at Richfield Coliseum. Like I didn't get to mm-hmm. live those things in the '90s. Calves and I was I grew up in Central Ohio. The '90s Cavs weren't on TV. Like they just weren't on. They right. weren't readily accessible. The only Cleveland team and the team that I fell in love with was this dynamic baseball team from '94 to 2001. And it was like, man, I'm out in the driveway practicing the Jim Tomey crotch grab and bat point. And like that was it. <laughs> that was like where I started to really fall in love with Cleveland sports. And then they start to kind of they're dominating. They're dominating, and oh man, the Browns are coming back. And it was just it was really cool because. You know, my dad kind of grew up a Reds fan in the Big Red Machine, Central Ohio. You kind of could pick North or South, but he was a Browns fan. And that I think that that's something that's always been weird to me is that, like, there's a lot of people in Central Ohio, and I think if a lot of Northeast Ohio folks are listening to this, it seems foreign to them, but there were a lot of people my dad's age, who's now 60, in Central Ohio who were Reds fans because the Indians were so anemic for so long right. and the Reds were winning world championships, but they were Browns fans because nobody cared about the Bengals. And I'm still not sure anybody does, but nonetheless, it's like, that's, it was so weird to me, but I fell in love with, you know, obviously fell in love with the, uh, the Indians and then, you know, LeBron, and then I'm coming into my own in 2002, LeBron joins the Cavs and it's like, it was all there. But anyway, it was just a funny thing to think about is like, I remember watching the 97 world series and 95 world series and like, I just couldn't think of very many Cavs memories I have from growing up until LeBron joins the team. And it's just essential. Well, they, there weird weren't thing. any. No. There weren't any. That's the thing. You're, you, the 19 years between us, the, diff, the age differences, our, our growing up sports memories in Cleveland are completely the opposite. When I grew up, the Browns were, you know, I mean, I had the Bernie years, uh, the Cody, uh, cardiac kids, the Bernie years. The, the Browns were, were good. The Indians were literally so bad they made a movie about it. And the Cavs basically didn't exist. Basketball in Ohio at that time was a distant third, you know, as far as sports. I mean, and they didn't, except for the Miracle of Richfield, they really didn't give anybody any reason to watch them. But for you, you grew up, the Indians are great. The Browns are a laughing stock and they made a movie about them. And, you know, the Cavs have LeBron. It's, it's, it's a tale of two generations. I got to hang out with Jim Tomey once. That's, uh, there's a, a story. I was working at a comedy club in Peoria, Illinois. This is God, 20 years ago, um, and we were doing morning radio. If you if you're a comedy club, they send you to the local morning zoo sometimes to try to drive people to the club. And they were doing a remote from a uh, it was a brand new Kmart or a Walmart or something in Peoria that was opening. And because he's from there, they uh-huh. had roped him him to be in there too. So. We're just hanging out, and it's like you know, 40 minutes between segments, and we're, he's like, "Well, you know, who are you?" And I'm like, so I'm I'm standing there talking to Jim Tomey, and I'm trying not to let him know that I'm losing my freaking mind. <laughs> and then they they have these little zippy scooters, you know, they had just come out back then, and so I'm I'm riding zippy scooters around a Kmart with with Jim Tomey, and I, and in my head I'm going, "How did I get here? This is fantastic." That's an super obscure nice. story. That's awesome. Yeah, it was all of a, you know, an hour maybe. And he was super nice. He signed an autograph. He was great. You know, he did his thing. He was very gracious. But yeah, was, you just you brought up Tommy and it was that's just a random Tommy story I had from uh, from being an old dude. But what anyway, a, let's what get a to story. The no, what a story. I don't think we'll ever be able to, to top that name drop between the two of us. Maybe maybe someday, but for now that's that's number 1. Yeah, we can I guess we're here to talk draft. We can we can do that too. Um I have four four questions for everybody. We'll go through them. I'll add little notes where I can, but I want to hear your guys' opinion. I think that's something everybody else is going to be curious about too. So we will dive in 
pretty generic questions here. Nothing groundbreaking, but I think they're going to give some good talking points. So give me, Stephen, your, your favorite pick from the draft. Could be literally any pick, your favorite one in general. I'm going to go, since I know, you know, the, everybody's going to probably pick one of the top three guys or maybe Donovan Peoples-Jones. I'm going to try to turn this question. I was thinking about it. I'm going to try to turn it on to here. My favorite pick was pick 41 because we came into the draft on Thursday with pick 41 and pick 74, and we walked out with uh, Grant Delpit, Jordan Elliott, Nick Harris, and a third next year, and 41 was a big part of that. Pick 41 mm -hmm. became Grant Delpit and Nick Harris. So that is my favorite pick simply because of the unbelievable value and maximizing the value of that pick. And as a draft person, you know, that's a big thing for me. That's it's it's sometimes maximizing the value of the pick is what they did at pick 10. I mean, they had Jedrick Wills rated much higher than that. They didn't think he was going to be there. Sometimes you maximize the value of the pick by doing the simple thing, not being an idiot and just grabbing the guy who's tremendous value all on his own. Other times, maximizing the value of the pick is what they did twice on day two. They turned 41 into two players who, one, certainly, probably you would expect to start right away. And the other one, I think he's going to contribute a lot sooner, uh, uh, Nick Harris, than a lot of people think. So in sort of my you know general, uh, normal, long-winded, rambling, roundabout kind of way, I'm using pick 41 as my favorite pick. I, I get it, especially when you circle back, like you said, to a free pick that not not as just some throwaway pick on, you know, what did they use a fifth round pick on a kicker, you know, and Cyber was fine ultimately, but it's a guy like a guy, a real dude who um, fits the scheme, and people think you know people that have offensive line study opinions that mean something like him a lot, and uh, oh, it's exciting, boy. it's really exciting, and in a scheme fit and. It could be one that we look back on. You know, we're always kind of waiting for those days where we can look back and feel like, man, our GM, God, that guy gets it. Look at this thing he did right. to really fleece somebody else. This could be that. So I'm excited about the future of that. I love that uh, the 41 ties into that. So that's a, that's a fun talking point to which I agree. So let's get to the second question, which is it's going to be a good one. Your most questionable pick of the entire draft i think everybody will have a pretty unified opinion but knowing you you might be a little different so give me your questionable pick no i think everybody's gonna there's only one that's even remotely questionable and it's not that questionable if you sit, sit back and look at it and it's going to be jacob phillips uh at 97 um i mean i don't think especially when you look at who went the very next pick and where he went and where he went to school. I mean, you got the Ravens picking Malik Harrison from Ohio State one pick later. They're going to be tied together for the next five to seven years. If Harrison goes on to have this great career and Jacob Phillips doesn't, we're going to hear about that on Twitter and talk radio endlessly from the people who just love to be angry. Um, that being said, and you and I have had this conversation offline it, it's not a bad pick, and that's a good thing. If if your most questionable or worst pick or whatever word you want to use is still a pretty good pick, that's a hell of a draft. I, I, you look at Phillips, and I know you're going to do a, a breakdown on him, so you're going to get into far more detail than this. He's he's a he, I, he's an assignment football player. He's not going to be a highlight reel. He's not going to be a guy that you see on Sports Center, you know, hitting on the top ten. He's got questionable range, but it's not bad range from sideline to sideline. But he knows where he's supposed to be, and he goes there. And he knows what he's supposed to do, and he does it. And if the ball carrier gets within his reach, 
the ball carrier ends up on the ground. He's a tackling machine. I mean, he tackles by the bushel full. So he's a guy who I think when you look at the rest of their uh, linebacking room at the moment, he's a, he's a solidifying piece that will allow, you know, for Mac Wilson, for instance, to stay out in space where he does better work. Mac tends to get, uh, you know, in trouble when he does get in trouble. It seems to be uh, between the tackles. Now, you know, he was a rookie. Maybe he'll improve on that this year, but he seems to be to me to be better in space and Phillips will allow him to stay out there more often. So that's the most questionable pick that I have. But even that one is not like, yeah, I mean, most years after Brown's drafts, we get on podcasts and on Twitter and there's two, two or three picks that everybody just absolutely hates and you can't understand what the hell they were thinking. Nobody has that. Even with Phillips, everybody's like, well, wouldn't have been my pick, but I get it. I get it. Pretty good pick. Yeah. And, and I think I, I like to say this, too. I think part of the thing for Phillips, the mental aspect of it is the first three picks were home runs. I mean, moonshot, tape measure, home runs. Everybody was going so crazy. Phillips is like a solid single or or, or a double in the gap, maybe. And, and I think maybe just let down compared to the first three. Everybody was so excited just nine picks before for, for Jordan Elliott falling that far. So that maybe that that played into the perception a little bit. It's not a bad pick. It really isn't. Um, he's going to go out and he's going to make a lot of tackles. And when you're talking about almost the hundredth pick in the draft, that's that's about what you can ask for. Yeah, I think there's a lot to learn about Phillips, and not just from myself or you, but it kind of feels like everybody. I don't, I don't feel like anybody has a really good feel for who he is. I know Pro Football Focus has has said he is a sure tackler, which I've I've watched a couple games after. You know, in the study of Delpit, I, I caught a couple games where the Browns had actually drafted him. I kind of had dug into Delpit's film before they took him at 97, and then I was like, oh, okay, I kind of cut my time in half here. But nonetheless, um, could at least could watch him. And yeah, like you said, assignment sign, uh, assignment, assignment sound, That that's a tongue twister. Uh, a guy who can, <laughs> he plays downhill, and I think that's a big thing that you could say the Browns have added to their linebacker room this year is a couple guys who can really play downhill gap assignment linebackers who will not be afraid to take on gap blocks from Ravens offensive linemen. I think there's certainly a an emphasis on getting guys who can tackle, consistently tackle and make plays downhill in their gap, whether they're forcing, spilling, whatever, are going to be able to handle that stuff. They, they're tired of being beat on power football, and I think that that's one thing they tried to fix. So I'm with you. i got to study more on him, but I think it's a guy that has more potential to be a solid NFL linebacker than um, some folks were giving him credit for pre-draft. And he tested well, too. It's not like he's not athletic. He tested pretty right. well. He ran well. He jumped well. So <clears throat> the ability is there from an athlete standpoint. Um, biggest surprise for you? I, it, I, I thought about this question for a long time. Pro, I mean, I don't want to say the same thing twice. It probably would be Jacob Phillips again. But to use a different pick so we don't get boring here, I guess I would have to say uh, uh, Harrison Bryant at that spot. Uh, you and I talked several times uh, in the weeks leading up to it that we thought they might uh, take a, a tight end, even though they had signed Hooper and re-signed Farrell Brown. Um I thought it might be a bit later. And I would like to, by the way, uh, just if Bill Belichick, if you're listening, here's two middle fingers at you for taking both of my favorite tight ends, <laughs> like 10 picks before this. He got, when he got Asiasi, I was ticked. And then when he grabbed Dalton Keene, I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. But 
Harrison Bryant, uh, surprising just because of the spot, I think, not because of the player, because the player itself uh, and the value, too, uh, it, it's a, almost a perfect fit for what we think uh, Coach Hottie's offense is going to be. I mean, he seems to do a lot of the things that Stefanski asks his tight ends to do regularly. Uh, Harrison Bryant seems to do them well. He's not... I know immediately people jumped on, oh, he can't block, he can't block. I don't see that. You know, I mean, it's he's not a, you know, an old school tight end, too, was basically a glorified tackle. You know, that's Mm -hmm. all. They were road graders. That's they didn't catch a pass. That's all they did. He's not that. But that really doesn't exist much in the game anymore. But you look at him. He's a converted tackle. He played tackle in high school. And so his technique is, you know, the muscle memory is there and he gets after it in blocking. He, it's not for lack of effort. It's just I think he's just got to get stronger and he's not used to playing against the high level of competition and everything at FIU. And so I, it's, that's my most surprising pick. But even that is not like that surprising. That, that was a tough question to, to dig through and find one that surprised me. I would say you're probably right about that. I, I thought that when a couple of those tight ends win, especially Troutman, that they probably weren't going to take one. But I always had thought leading up to this, like you said, it was a it was a draft where there weren't there weren't a ton of elite guys. Obviously, there weren't really any elite guys, even though Colmet went early. Um, I just felt like it could be a place where you're like people are sleeping on tight ends. Let's get one here. This is the t- the type of pick we could take one, and it's actually going to turn out to be a pretty good one. It's just it's weird like that right. where a position sort of people think is bad, which I think for the most part tight end didn't have the names at the top of the draft that we've grown accustomed to. So it, it kind of might work out. I'm with you. It's surprising. You know what else kind of surprises me on a different tangent is when I'm able to play poker or blackjack and win any money. Is that the same case for you? Uh, no, I'm actually really good at it. Actually, I can see that. I can see that. Well, listen, our friends at BetOnline.ag <laughs> – our friends at BetOnline.ag got something going right now, a match bonus that they're offering for anybody who signs up using the promo code BLUEWIRE. You can get that, and that's all one word, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E. You can get that match bonus. They got some things going on. They had some fun draft bets. That is coming gone. I don't know if anybody got in on those. I hope you did. I did. Got in on a few. Um, had some fun draft bets, but they have Madden simulations that are running. If you need a football fix, they have... A whole bunch of other random things going. You can even bet on the weather, the stock market. I'm not lying; those things are actually up there. So, uh, you know, BetOnline.ag is a good friend of Blue Wire Podcast. They've been they've been with us for a while, and we really trust them. And if you're if you're going to get into gambling as this uh, the season winds down, as you get into it, as maybe some sports start trickling back in, we hope you use them because we trust them. They're the online betting source of preference for blue wire and we hope you use betonline.ag using that promo code blue wire last question for you Stephen, before we close out is uh you're a guy that studies this as in-depth as anybody you you love day three of the draft um and i don't think enough people who study it for a living give day three enough attention i think that there's always more guys in the attention i agree and listen this is not limited to day three but just kind of my point which is you were talking about tight ends going and uh, right in front of your face. And that happened to me with a couple guys that I really, really wanted, who I think went back-to-back, and Logan Wilson and Jeremy Chin kind of broke oh, my heart. I almost yes. walked out of the room and had, like, a little memorial service. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like, if you could redo this draft, right, who – if you could come out with this one guy, who would that guy be? Um, oh, man. Um, I hate to say – I was thinking about this uh, – because it would imply that I don't like 
you know, somebody that they picked. Um, I, I don't think, you know, my love for Devin Asiasi is, has been any secret. Uh, but I don't want to say that because that sort of means that I don't like Harrison Bryant, and that's not the case. So I, the way I took the question, is, what's the one pick you wish could have happened? Uh, this is how I took it. If they were set on linebacker at 97 after um, you know, all of our, you know, literally every linebacker that you and I liked ended up in Cincinnati, all of them. They, they drafted like 34 linebackers, and, and we liked all of them after everybody else was gone. And again, I don't want this to imply that I didn't like the Jacob Phillips pick. If they were set on line, a linebacker there, I would have liked to seen that pick been Michael Walker uh, out of Fresno State. He ended up going uh, just after us to Atlanta, like 117 or something like yeah. that. Uh, so it's it's right in the same value range because I just like a lot of the things. I think he offers more range. Uh, he's smaller, a uh, little thinner build. So uh, maybe in between the tackles is what they were looking for, like you said, and maybe that's why they went this way. Um, but I, I just he can he can rush off the edge, uh, he can drop into coverage, he goes sideline to sideline, makes a lot of tackles. I, I really like that pick for Atlanta there. Uh, so if I if there was one that I could swap out and make, that would be it right there. I'd rather have Michael Walker at 97. And I think I text you. It's fun you you get you get these guys who you you form these relationships with as you study them and you do all right. of these mock drafts. You do them you do them every day. I kind of would do a couple a week, and it's like you ultimately fall a little bit in love with these guys in terms of like man that yep. guy on my team I want him and it's it's unique and weird all at the same time and it's what makes the NFL draft and the fact that it has seven rounds and this feeling of you can. You can turn it around next year through this draft. It's what makes it really fun uh, at the end of the day. And it's hard to see those guys walk away. And it's especially hard when it seems like all of them are being picked by the freaking Baltimore Ravens, who I swear just had like an <laughs> algorithm this year. And if you had a Browns, any sort of Browns relation in your Twitter bio, they said, we're going to study the names that come up the most often in these <laughs> conversations. I swear to God, it was uncanny. I've never seen anything like it. It was like everybody that we liked went in the AFC North and almost especially went to Baltimore. And I knew the Browns weren't in line to pick a running back this year. They won't be probably next year either really to pick a meaningful running back. But, uh, God, I love J.K. Dobbins, and it hurts to see him wear, mm. to wear that. And uniform. what a perfect fit, too. God, it's, it's all too perfect. I hate those. And then you find out that the GM and Harbaugh are like fucking neighbors or whatever. It's like, come on. Yeah. These guys. This is ridiculous. I'm sick of them. So, anyway, this was a blast. I, I really enjoy it as always. We will we will try to get you on once a week as we start and find a, an ironed out schedule. I, this is what we're at 25, 26 minutes, but I don't care. It's it's good content, and that's what matters at the end of the day. I'm excited to have you on, Steve, and uh, and uh, hopefully, you know, this is the first of many, many, many productions that we do through the OBR. Anytime, my friend. Being on with you always makes me smarter. And uh, again, thrilled to be thrilled and humbled to be part of the team at the OBR. Okay, guys, big shout out to Steve for coming on. And make sure you're following him at Brown's Daily Mock. He does fantastic stuff. Um, and and I and I'm not saying that because he's with. I've said this to anybody I can talk to about this over the years, and I've had him come on the podcast. Just a great human, a great mixture of of uh, a football understanding and, and humor and comedy and seeing the big picture in life. And that's the stuff I appreciate. Uh, I appreciate with him. And I, I'm really happy we have, uh, we formed a relationship and that we've been able to bring it all full circle now and, and write for the same place. So that stuff's really exciting to me. And, um, you know, again, go to the OBR this week. We're going to have so much unique stuff up that you're not going to be able to find anywhere else. We're going to have 
Uh, probably a look ahead at the next draft, which is crazy to think, but we're running out. The supplemental draft in June could be a thing, guys, just just to keep you aware. Like, if football doesn't have it at the college level and some guys get spooked out, they might enter. So just keep that in your back burner. I know Adam Schefter mentioned that last week on, on Complex Load Management Podcast. So, um, again, thanks for joining us. Go to the OBR. Get the film rooms that are coming out on these prospects. Jump in our chat rooms. we got a great deal going on right now to sign up with us. And uh, we, we genuinely appreciate your support. And we also have the OBR uh, Film Breakdown YouTube channel, which is a lot of fun that we're going to get some hits on every week as we look at these prospects, too. So uh, have a great Monday. Hopefully you guys, maybe some people are getting back to work, driving, uh, doing that stuff. So stay safe, take care of your families, and uh, enjoy, your, like I said, enjoy your Monday, and uh, go Browns.